welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm the Smokemaster General, Mr. Trey Edmond. I'm joined, as I am every week, by Shane Reeves. You know, the ebb and flow of a cigar shop's business is so interesting. Why do you say that? Well, it's been really slow mm-hmm. in the shops the last couple of weeks, and it's because it's so nice to smoke outside. Yeah. They may be selling the same amount of cigars, but there's less less camaraderie going on and less people around. It, it's interesting that you say that because I've noticed that around this shop. But up at Reserva, where I've been spending a lot of time lately, I've actually been noticing that they're... Their in-house sort of hangout people have dramatically increased over the last couple of weeks. I, I think it just has everything to do with kind of how you market your shop. I think there's some of that, but I also think this is in a ritzier area of town. So the people that are coming to this shop have more probably outdoor living opportunities than people in the middle, you know, the middle of downtown. Right, yeah. No, there's a lot more apartment livers that hang out over there. And also this, I mean, he does a lot of box business. He does a lot of, you know, kind of cigar in hand business here where they've really, I mean, he has a lounge. And it's a nice lounge and we enjoy hanging out here. But the they have really, when it comes to Reserva, I mean, their focus is their lounge and they want people to hang out. And I think that shows... I think it's the personality yeah. of the shop. They've done, they've done a good job at Reserva of creating, um, hey, I'm, you're going to hang out with the guys, then you're going to happen to smoke cigars. He probably doesn't do yeah. as much pickup business as regulars. Right. You know, and I was talking to somebody about a cigar lounge the other day, and I said, that's the one thing that you've had trouble creating here is not here at Crown, but no. at the cigar lounge I was in, in question. You've not created the environment of people come here and hang out. Right. And that's down to a lot of factors. Oh, there's a ton of things. There's a ton of things that are involved in that. And it it can be as simple as the geographic area you live in, or it can be as furniture layout, uh, any number yeah, of things. What you do have, what you don't have. Whether or not you play music. I mean, there's so much that goes into that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's. It's interesting. It's an interesting way to run a shop. It just There's so many different ways to run a shop, and you kind of got to go with what your area is. And also, okay, we're smoking something interesting tonight. So this is the La Gloria Cubana Society Cigar. Okay. So I um, had a La Gloria Cubana event in here the other night, Friday night. You know how I found out about that? Because I was hanging out on Friday night uh-huh. and just happened to be scrolling through Instagram and saw Nate's post. I had no idea they were doing an event here that night. You know, they've had the the humidor setting out that they gave away for a long time. Yeah. But they haven't really done anything as far as pushing it. I mean, there weren't even... I mean, we had just been here that Wednesday night before. There were no signs on the doors. There was nothing. Yeah, kind of, kind of didn't promote as well as they could have. But I bet that meant that whoever won the humidor probably got away with not having to buy a lot of cigars to get the winning ticket. Yeah, well, you know, I got here and I ended up buying a box of Spanish press because I like the Spanish press, and the price on the Spanish press is outstanding. Yeah. And I honestly, you know, I want to support Nate. I want to support the guys, and it's a good cigar. Yeah, buy a box. You know, do I smoke that cigar and say, "Oh man, I can't wait for an event to where I can buy a box"? Right. No. But picking up a box of them worked out just fine and all. And so what Nate gave me was this Society Cigar. So this is three cigars of plain white bands, and it's D, G, and F. And you smoke them, and then you scan the barcode and tell the um, tell them what you like best and what you didn't like. And they're going one of these blends is going to become the new Society Cigar. Okay. I like that. Yeah. It worked out for McAuliffe, the crowdsourcing the blends. But, okay, I would like, but now I'm in the minority because I'm a cigar nerd. Right. I would like for to have scanned them say, okay, the D is a San Andreas wrapper and the G is a, an Ecuadorian Sumatra. And the, I would like some background on the cigar. Except that I think that colors people's opinions, you know, especially if you have the ability to look that up ahead of time. Now, if after you, after you give them your opinion, if they go, okay, here's what you here's what you liked, here's what you didn't like, that sort of thing. I think that's fine. But you and I both know people who, I mean, obviously, if one of them was a Candela, you'd know that. But 
some people really don't like San Andreas. Some people don't like Connecticut Broadleaf. Some right. people absolutely adore Cameroon, and I think that would flavor the feedback they get. So I, I kind of understand doing it that way, but I'm like you. I do like to know what I'm smoking. So I got my fancy pants cutter out that I got free. That one's almost sweet. Um, this one's not. This one's just kind of on the cold draw. I hadn't lit it yet. But um, the LaGloria Cubana for the freebie cutter, and I, I love it's got two fingers on one side and a single finger on the other. So you get a greater degree of control and power in your cut. Now, I really like that about that cutter. I think that's a great cutter design. Let me see that. So that was the freebie from the event the other yeah, night. Yeah, freebie from the from the box event. And, and good on you, LaGloria, because I am so sick and tired of the fact that now everybody that gives away cutters does the, the ones with the solid back. Mm-hmm. Because I realize that is supposed to be, you know, the perfect, you know, depth for a cut, but it's actually a little too shallow. And and I and I just don't I, I don't like having to clean out my cutter after I use it every time. So good on them for actually making a, a open sided cutter. Ooh, that's got some weight to it too. That G is um, it's got a real smoky flavor to it. Yeah, uh, real oaky and all. That's that's seriously oaky and all. Um, it's not Brazilian tobacco. I've just about bet this one's got a San Andreas wrapper. And all, uh, we'll have to write it down. We need to keep good notes on this because I, I need to write down. Because right now I'm thinking this is San Andreas wrapper, Nicaraguan binder and filler. I think this one is sugar cane. <laughs> it is sweet. And I mean like almost to the point of artificial sweet. Hmm. I don't dislike it's, it. It's not just sweet tobacco. It's Yeah. It's, I mean, I like it, it, but it's way different. This is one of those that if I, I, I bet if I had seen what the makeup of this was before I lit it, I probably would have been like, eh. Probably would have chose the, diff- the other one. And uh, well, let's talk about a new cigar while we're smoking our new cigars, our unnamed new cigars. Single Cast Nation and TwoGuys.com release Single Cast Nation aged in Tennessee bourbon barrels. So um, Single Cast Nation does whiskey, and like everybody else in whiskey, they decided to make them a cigar. Right. And they decided to age it in Tennessee whiskey barrels. These were 14-year-old Tennessee whiskey barrels. Normally, this kind of cigar would fly under the radar for us, but they caught me when they said Aganorsa Leaf. Yeah, you know, we've talked about it. There have been several companies that have tried this, the whiskey barrel aged cigar, and it doesn't do anything for me. If anything, I think it takes a good cigar and makes it mediocre most of the time. I think the Dragon's Milk is the perfect epitome of that, of a $26 cigar that was worthless. Yeah, it's, you know, it's tricky. When you start aging stuff in whiskey barrels and bourbon barrels and rum casks and what's the difference in a cask and a barrel the size you know i really wouldn't be at all surprised if that's what's going on here if you got this some might sherry be, cask or something this might be a uh yeah this might be a barrel aged cigar okay yeah this this one's just really oaky this is really earthy really oaky the one i'm smoking here and all but the um it's going to be distributed through Two Guys Smoke Shop, which does a great job yeah. of kind of curating some stuff unique to their self, not just being an online cigar and if, seller. And if you like Romacraft at all and you're not going to this website, you're missing out. Oh, yeah. And um, I'm trying to look see if they had a price, and they don't have a price on here. Uh, $129.99 for a 10-count box, so 13, 13 bucks. bucks. 13 bucks a stick? Yeah. And I'll, Aganorsa Leaf being behind it makes me th- makes me say, okay, I'll try one. Yeah, absolutely. If this was just um, Single Cast Nation Asian Whiskey Barrel, I wouldn't do it. Now, I will tell you this. This is set to launch at 10 a.m. on Monday, July 26th. If you want to get your hands on, on this, I would set an alarm and a reminder on my phone to be logged in at 9.58. You think it'll be that rabid, the... I have seen anytime they do a special release on their website, it sells out in less than an hour. Hmm. But now that's mostly Romacraft stuff, ain't it? It is, but the people who the people who go that 
gaga over Roma craft stuff. I, I think it's a customer based thing more than it's a cigar related thing. They've kind of created that culture. Yeah. Just like we're talking about a shop's culture. Exactly. That's that's when they do limited releases, people log in specifically for it. So from aficionado, CAO sixty goes full on grease monkey with torque. Wasn't that an episode of Seinfeld that Grease Monkey's not not a correct saying now? You can't you're yeah. not supposed to call people grease monkeys anymore? Yeah, because it was well, putty. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, putty. putty. Um, so, you know, we have talked a lot about gimmick cigars on this show lately. And I, I'm kind of wondering, I mean, it's definitely gimmick packaging, but I don't know that the cigar itself is a gimmick cigar. Yeah, so it's going to be an 8x60, which is a size I like. And I'll, when I'm in the mood for a long, long cigar, that's that's the size I like. And it's going to be um, a Honduran wrapper, Nicaraguan binder and filler, and a blend of tobacco from Nicaragua and Honduras. Um, I'm probably not rushing for this one. Yeah, uh, I'm not either, mostly because of that 60 ring gauge. And I, I think it's funny, is another take on the automotive theme that started in 2013. Okay, that's... That's a long time to wait between. Well, they, no, they had the flathead. They had the flathead steel horse. They had the flat. They, you know, they've had the Which, whole flathead but thing. I also think it's funny because I, I never considered flathead to be an automotive theme. I thought that was motorcycle. The flathead was a Harley engine. Well, what is a motorcycle if not an automobile? It's <laughs> not a motorcycle. But it's still an automobile. It's still a means of conveyance from one place to another. It is. But when you say automobile, you immediately think car. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, it's going to the oil can, and it's going to be a oil can. I'm sure brick and mortars are going to love this. Hey, we're in the humidor. Can I fit this box of oil cans? Especially since it's a box of 20. Yeah, it's going to be twelve fifty per cigar. And I'll, well, no, it's going to be no, a box of eight. Eight, yeah, eight no enormous smokes. It's retail for $100 or twelve fifty per cigar. Yeah, so eight six by six is about like that. Yeah, that's about the that's size a, of a standard oil can. Yeah. And I'll, but I just don't know where that's going to sit in the humidor. Are they going to fall over? Are they going to be in the floor? You know, uh. Now, it, if I were in charge of park marketing here, that little screw cap for the oil can mm-hmm. would be a humidifier. That way, these could sit out on a special display right in front of the humidor and not have to, because then you're going to make retailers happy. They don't have to find a way to make this work on their shelves. And you get better presence in the shop. Okay, do you have to tap one out of the oil can top, or does the whole lid... I hope the whole lid just pops off. I would off. hope the whole lid pops off, uh, so that you're not having to turn it upside down and tamp and it on your hand like it. a cigarette pack. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I would hope that it would be more like that. But, hey, at least they're trying. Mm-hmm. Success or failure, at least they're trying. And I'm in, I'm in for that. I like, to see, I like to see them trying new things. And CAO... Um, the session was a hit for me. I've not liked any of the flatheads. Yeah, I was never a big flathead fan. And uh, I liked the session. I liked a lot of that stuff. But just the, you know, CAO seems to be hit or miss. They say, And, you know, when you say hit or miss, people say, oh, so bad. No, hit or miss. Yeah. Sometimes they're going to hit the se- The session was a hit. The Zocala was a hit. Yeah. You know, some of their stuff has been a hit, and then some of their stuff's just been a miss. All the flathead stuff for me has been a miss. Yeah, they, they've they been, I mean, they went through a period a couple of years ago where they seemed to be hitting more than they were missing. I haven't had anything new from them except the Zocalo recently that actually impressed me. Uh, yeah, well, I like the session, and I've recommended the session to a couple of people, and they've liked it. I'm not entirely sure I've had that one yet. Uh, yeah, I brought you one. Smoked it on the show. Oh, I wonder what I rated it. <laughs> okay, go back and listen to the cigar <laughs> cast. And also, oh, I do remember that now. Yeah, kind of mild. Yeah, or, mild, little sweet. Yeah, had a little sweet tobacco flavor. Not sweet as in flavored. Sweet right. as in the tobacco was sweet. Just good, good cigar. Now to the high end of things. Ramona Yones Fonicio, forty humidor series hits the market. So these are going to be sold at La Casa de Habano in the duty-free area at the Beirut International Airport. <laughs> hey, honey. Talk about limited release. <laughs> hey, honey. Um, I know we're about to get on this plane. I don't know why we're in Beirut, but we are. 
Um, I know we're about <laughs> to get If you were in Beirut, wouldn't you be in the airport trying to get out? I'd be on a camel trying to get out. But anyway. But you hey, can't get these cigars on a camel. Yeah. Do you mind if we drop $24,000? Hey, but no tax. No tax. And, hey, look at the price side. It's got 40 cigars in it. That's right. So let's... Um, <laughs> So let's say that we're saying the cigars are worth, I don't know, $500 each. So, see, I'm only paying $16,000 for the humidor, honey. I, I, I think this is, I just don't think that I'm going to sell this. Yeah, that's. Would you want to hang out with the guy that would buy this? Yes. So, Why is that? So, I mean, not really. But, so this, we were talking about this with a mutual friend in here last week about. I can't believe I'm going to bring up this word because I said I wasn't going to talk to you about it anymore. But crypto as being an effective means for moving capital. It's the same reason that mega yachts and private jets and those types of things are popular among the ultra rich in certain countries that have pretty stringent restrictions on how much capital you can move in or out. So dropping this kind of money in something that you can now transport. Okay, I bought this at the Beirut airport. I'm now in Canada, and I've got basically $24,000 that if I find the right buyer, I can turn into cash. But that's a narrow market. It, it <laughs> Not among, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, yes, you're right, it is. But I don't think it's as narrow as you think when you start talking about the kind of people we're talking about. I mean, a a $24,000 humidor would be like you and I spending 200 bucks on a humidor. Not even. Right. And so it's just a way to move some money around. Well, and then there's, and hey, they've already sold 300 to 400 pieces were already sold when they were released. So Mm -hmm. there was already people there lined up for them. And then the fifth humidor line is even more limited at (laughs) $45,000 a unit. 40 I, units produced. Yeah, and I think also there's a certain status symbol associated with the exclusivity of something like this. I suppose so. I suppose, and I guess it's so far, you know, I get one of the hardest things in my job is to design a really great, efficient house and then the person come in and ruin it. Right. With stuff that really don't matter. You know, wraparound porches. Wraparound porches are the number one stupidest thing people do in houses. Because you don't use them. I've never seen anybody use a wraparound porch. And all you use the front porch, you use the back porch. But the sides are usually about 8 or 10 foot deep, 8 or 6, 6 or 8 foot wide. And that space is totally unusable. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because the last couple of times I've been on vacation and we've stayed in like a cabin rental. That's kind of that, that is, you know, checkbox number one on building a cabin for rental purposes in the mountains. You know, North Georgia, East Tennessee, is that wraparound porch. And what I've noticed in some of the newer places I've stayed is that obviously you've got you know the swing and the rocking chairs on the front porch, which is nice. You get the view. You've got the side porch. They're starting to put outdoor fireplaces. Sure. So it creates that that full utilization. Well, but it's still limited because of the roof system as to how big you can get it for it. For yeah. Okay, if you're in the mountains, put all the ports you can on there. Right. I'm all for it. If you're in, by the ocean, all the ports you can, that's fine. If you're in the middle of a subdivision in Tennessee... Don't but don't put it because the HGTV overlords told you you needed a country farmhouse. Yeah, no, no, no. I I completely agree with that because the purpose of the wraparound porch is the view. Yeah, and I guess and that ties back together because it aggravates me when people do stupid stuff on their house for no reason. Now I get paid for the porches, and it shouldn't. I should be I should be beyond this, but I've been at twenty years. Yeah, and I still ain't beyond saying, man, that's stupid that they're doing that. Yeah. And I still draw it, and I still get paid for it, and such is life. But it just, it, I have to have a, a moment of just stepping back. Do you ever try to talk people out of it? Oh, constantly. Okay. I wasn't sure if this was one of those things where you just said, okay, fine, and did it, or if it was still trying to... Oh, constantly. I, they say, oh, well, the house is a little big. It's going to be over budget. Okay, cut those two wings off the side of the house and bring the house back in budget. Oh, I don't know if we can do that. Let's see if we can make this room smaller. How stupid are you? 
Yeah. You know, okay, so you're going to make your bedroom smaller to try to hit a bid budget number and keep the two porches that you're never going to use. Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things, and it's one of those things that it's like, okay, this is just part of the job. Every, every job has that piece or part, and this is just part of the job. So something like this, that's I think you hit the nail on the head. This is for drug dealers trying to move money around. Yeah. And all is it becomes a package that they can put the money together in and go. Now, that being said, I'm sure the cigars are excellent. Ramona Yones are great cigars. Yeah. I'm sure they're excellent. I don't know that I could smoke one at $1,000 a piece <laughs> and all, but. Yeah, but if, I mean, if you were, if, if somebody from out from another country rolls in and they're trying to put a real estate deal together with you and, and they offer this as part of their payment because their assets are tied up otherwise. I mean, I'm not saying that you take the full, you know, $24,000, but if they, if they throw that in for, I, I can see how you would. Yeah, I can, I can see, I can see a world where that, I can't see it happening in my life. No. But I can see a world where if you were one of those kind of guys that, you know, needed the house for the governor and his wife to visit. You're putting together a package where your commission would be a million dollars. Sure. And so part of that gets thrown in as, as this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. I'll, I'll do it under that condition, but that, that seems like an unlikely condition. So before we go to break, I'm going to hit this because I, I don't want to spend much time on it. FDA publishes finalized substantial equivalence rule impact for cigars. Unclear. So what the FDA has done here, I read this article, and you can tell me if, the, if your understanding of it is the same as mine. Okay. The FDA said, okay, we're not going to tell you what you have to do. But we're going to tell you what kind of information you have to give us so we can determine how to tell you what you have to do. This It feels like a stall tactic. It feels like they didn't have their act together and didn't expect the kickback that they got. And that's um, they're kind of scrambling is what it feels like to me. Yeah, it does, especially because now they're saying they're waiting on, I just had it, a panel formed by the National Academy of Sciences to deliver a report about whether or not they should regulate premium cigars. So they're just, yeah, they're buying time. Well, you know, um, big news this week, uh, and we don't talk about politics on the podcast, but I do have to say this part. Big news this week was Andrew Yang started talking about forming his own political party. And uh, now I don't agree with a lot of Andrew Yang's stuff. I do agree with a lot of Andrew Yang's stuff. I don't agree with universal income. I do agree with his views on, hey, it's not Amazon's fault that they're not paying taxes, it's ours because we're the government not doing our job. I, I, I admire that even when I don't agree with him, he has an answer. Right. And uh, I can admire that about him. Has the climate ever been better for a third party than it's getting? No, it hasn't. And But the, the problem with that is that our previous options for third party, parties have always been a little wackadoodle. And they have been very easily manipulated by the major parties to, for, for people to say, if you're not voting for our guy, or, or if you're not voting for our guy, you're voting for the other guy. Right. If, you, if, you're, not, if you're voting for Perot, you're taking a vote away from Bush, because nobody's voting for whoever the other guy was right. that, that would have voted for I can't tell you the number of Trumpers who have told me that it's my fault that Biden got elected I didn't, because I voted third party. And it's like, it, it doesn't work that way. And I think you're right. I think the the majority of us are looking for that common sense candidate. I think, you know, if you found someone, you know, if the Democrats are going to be way to the left and the Republicans are going to be way to the right and you create a more centric party, I think you're going to have a winner. I think I don't think the climate's ever been better than it is right now for this to happen. Yeah. It, I don't know that Yang's the one to lead us. But I'm I'm glad he's trying, right? And I and I don't have to agree with everything everybody with everything he says to support somebody. And all and you and I after the show can argue about universal income because I'm sure we argue we're we're on separate sides. No, of that. I think we're pretty well. Uh, th- there are good opinions to be made. There there's a good case to be made for it, but I th- I don't think it has real practical applications. I, I think it's a pocket door. It's a good idea that doesn't work. Yeah, I, I agreed. I mean, I, and there's a lot of that. There's a lot of great ideals that just don't work. Right. That are just completely unworkable due to the nature of human beings. But 
I like that he has an answer. He never just starts complaining about problems. You never have to worry that he's saying things because it's what his backers want him to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think it's interesting. But anyway, that's all the politics we're going to discuss. When we come back from the break, I want to talk about Tatawahe delaying the um, holiday advent, something we were both looking forward to. And I'll, or did they? So we'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man who's totally combobulated, Mr. Trey Dedman. It's better than being discombobulated? Is that what you're doing? Have you ever noticed people say discombobulated, but they never see a guy go by and say, hey, that dude's really combobulated? That's right. And nobody's ever whelmed. They're overwhelmed. They're underwhelmed. No one's ever whelmed. Why can you not just be whelmed? Why could you not walk through life as a perfectly whelmed human being? I actually, (laughs) when I was in in my more contrarian youth, which ended last Thursday. <laughs> I was going to say, when, when's that going to end? Yeah, <laughs> I'd like uh, to get on. A, I'd like to get a date set up. <laughs> I actually, I actually did used to say, you know, how are you today? I'm whelmed. That was a because, of course, I thought it made me edgy and interesting. Sure, sure, sure. Well, I just—it's interesting the amount of things like that that are only used in a derogatory manner. Right. You know, and you're either overwhelmed or you're underwhelmed, and all. It's like, eh, I don't think whelm is a great. Great barometer of life. Yeah. I, 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 when was the last time you ever saw somebody who was plussed? They've ever been not. They've been nonplussed. Sure. Very few people are plussed. Yeah. And I'll plum. They've been a plum, but they've not been plum. <laughs> and I'll. So, anyway. All right. So let's talk about our cigar for a second. The G is just repeatedly kicking me in the teeth with that hardwood flavor. I feel I've, it's it's a one note chord. And it's kind of just repeatedly beating me over the head with that single chord. I am getting sort of a fresh linen kind of feel to it. Like, it's very spring-like, I would say. Sort of dry grass and linen. I, I, I'm not blown away by it. I'm, I'm whelmed. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not La Gloria Cubana's best work. No. And I'll, and I get, but I do wonder how much of that is the fact that we that we don't know anything about it. That if we were looking for something a little more inside, we might find it. Yeah, it, I do wonder possible. how much of that is involved. I feel like there's some Criollo in here, mm-hmm. if I had to guess, which I am a fan of in general. But I have found oftentimes in cigars that are Criollo heavy or Criollo forward, they tend to be that sort of, I've never smoked a Criollo cigar and gone, holy crap, that did it. Right. That that hit the spot. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening here. So speaking of hitting the spot, Tatuaje delays Advent cigar until mid-2022, Advent cigar calendar. Talked about this a couple months ago. And both of Has us, it been that long ago? I'm sure. And both of us were talking about what a great idea this was to have a cigar advent calendar. The 24 cigars, 15 of which were from the core line of the portfolios of Tatawahe. And they even threw some Halloween cigars in there. They threw, and you know, um, basically 24 days that you could smoke a cigar every day and just pop it out of your calendar and smoke it. And how excited we were about Such that. Such a brilliant idea. And he said, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer due to delays in the packaging being produced. And he's looking at releasing it until mid-2022. So what, i got to buy it and store it till next December 1st? Well, he said it was going to be released alongside the 2022 release as well. So so I'm going to buy it July, I guess. (coughs) And then we have to yeah and then i'm gonna have that so now i get two cigars a day to smoke next year at christmas well okay with the the advent if you'll pardon the pun of christmas in july right could you could you just knock it out the first 24 days of july yeah i, th- I think that's kind of how it's what you have to do yeah i mean you save the monsters for october you know you do that 
Because they because the 2022 version is coming out around the middle of 2022 as well. Yeah, and so Johnson said he's unsure whether or not he'll cover the 2021 date or leave it as though noted. So you know, I don't know. I, I appreciate that. It was kind of the same thing I I appreciate about how during the Olympics this year everything still said Tokyo 2020 because they spent all that money on branding and sure and, and uh, uh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for posters sure <laughs> that wasn't the word was <laughs> that like you lost posters no but all all you the posters <laughs> and all of the the set lining and stuff like that so. Uh, so I would I would hope that it would still say 2021 on it because that's just the cluster mess that we've had these last two years. Like I, I'm kind I'm at that stage that I'm I'm fully willing to steer into the skid. Like let's just admit what a dumpster fire the last two years have been, and if w- things like this got thrown off the rails, let's just let's not sweep it under the rug. Let's just identify it. Well, and let's just let's quit blaming the Democrats. Let's quit blaming the Republicans. Let's quit blaming everybody, and let's just move on with life. Get your shot, and let's move on. Just yeah, just get it done. Move on. Um, You know, I've found myself this week listening to drastically less Adam Carolla because I'm sick of it. I'm sick of every podcast he does being about COVID. It's like, come on, people. Yeah, tell a fart joke. Yeah, it's just I think I think we're at that point now where it's like let's just stop talking about it. Let's you know let's call a spade a spade if we have to, and and let's just move on. Yeah, let's it, joke about it. Let's stop being so downtrodden. Just let's let it move on. Let's let it develop naturally. Let's get things back on track. Yeah, you I know? don't have enough room in my life for more turmoil. Like, no, let's just get rid of this one. So, cigar coop, cigar news, Tatawahe, the Frank Redux. One begin to hit stores in October, so they're doing they're re-releasing the Frank. Now it's a seven and five nights by forty nine Vitola, Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, a double binder, one for Jalapa and one for Esteli, and then tobaccos from the Jalapa and Esteli in the filler. And they're doing a total of five thousand boxes, coffin dress boxes, dress which I boxes. think is really cool, and they're not doing the 13 store thing they're just going to kind of be out there at random i bet i know a store that's going to get one yeah there's a little place in columbia that does a lot of tatawahi stuff and i seen a bride a, um, last year it was a bride box popped up there one of the dress boxes okay yeah so i'm going to keep my eyes open and all because the bride box i didn't buy because i didn't care for it but the frank box i'd probably buy yeah, and I'll just just because it's a cool box, you know. I've got a Sons of Anarchy box at my house, right? My humidor that I like, and I'll, it's just a cool box to do stuff with. So, do we think now that they've kind of come to the end of the run of the Monster series that maybe this is how they're going to revamp it and keep it going? I believe so. You know, they said they were going to do thirteen. They did thirteen. Now in the Monster Mash, they actually did a fourteenth one, the creature, right? And I'll in the mon. It's gonna. It's in the Monster Mash set only. And I'll, and I was here the other night. Somebody actually bought one of the Monster Mash sets, and I'm like, you know, yeah, it's cool, but when you smoke them, that's it. <laughs> you know, it. One of the joys of cigars is repeating that cigar. Yeah, but there's also something. I don't know. I can. If every cigar I smoked was a one-off, that would be depressing for me. You know, it, to, to find that one-of-a-kind gem and know that I could never go back to that well, that would be sad. But to to know that there are so many great cigars out there that I can go pick up on any given day, but then knowing that there are also some of those that this is it. This is a one-shot. This is the last chance you're going to have to smoke this cigar. There, There's something about that. I, I kind of, I can kind of understand it. Well, you know, I've, I've got a cigar in my um, pack right now that one of my builders brought back from Tokyo. Yeah. And all. And it's a, it's a nice cigar, and I was going to smoke it on the show, but for the past three weeks we've had special cigars that we both wanted to smoke. Hopefully next week I'll get around to smoking it on the show. <laughs> if not, i got to put it in the humidor. Right. But um, it, there is something nice about having that, okay, this is a special smoke. And, all, and I don't know why, when people that don't have a podcast smoke those. <laughs> well, I mean, well, so most people have events in their life that that means something to them you don't 
you, you live, no, you live your life, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You live your life as status quo. Your your entire you you never hey there's a spot on the left you hadn't kicked yet go ahead draw back hey, hang on I'm getting there you have some great days but even your great days are not too far removed from your good days because your good days are pretty good sure you very rarely have a bad day almost never almost never so you live life in a very narrow range. You don't have a kid's graduation to celebrate. You don't have... I mean, Christmas means something to you, but it's not, it's not what you look forward to all year. You know, it's, it, it's an experience, it's, a, it's an event, but it's not... Even your birthday, you don't get too excited about. Your wife well, gets very excited about your birthday. But it, so I think, you know, I think for most of us, when, you know when those events in our lives that spike on the joy scale, those become pretty easy to set aside a special cigar for. Well, it's the, it's the diagram of depression. You know, the greatest explanation of depression I ever had was, okay, if 10 is multi-orgasmic joy and one is I'm going to drive my car into the side of a building, most of us are going to run at a five or a six depressed people run at a three or a four so they get low quicker and it takes a lot more to get them up high right i probably run life at a seven or eight yeah i I understand what you're saying i was picking on you but i understand what you're saying i I try to live my life at about a seven or an eight i really like to and and i've engineered my life where i can do that you know i've opportunities have come up in my life and i've been talking to people and i'm like okay i'm not going if this opportunity takes me down to a five in hopes that one day it'll get me to a ten no this opportunity's got to be a seven, or I'm not going to. I'm only going to take opportunities of seven or better. Right, and yeah, and so because I've seen you walk in here on a random Tuesday and just go for the Padron shelf, you know, and, and for most people that's not the way we live our lives. So I can I can see why that experience is different for both of us. Yeah, I, I can see that, and I, and I'm pretty I'm pretty steady, mm-hmm. pretty flat, and all, but I'm also. Don't I don't limit myself by that. You know, we were actually, surprisingly enough, we were having a discussion about Bigfoot here last night. And one of the guys that here is tremendously skeptical of anything he can't see. So there was three of us sitting at the table that were talking about Bigfoot, and one of us saying, oh, there ain't no way. There ain't. It's like, okay, there's been tens and thousands of sightings. Let's say three-quarters of those are fake. Are you willing to go stand in front of an arena of 2,500 people and look them all in the eye and say, you're a liar, you're a liar, you're a liar, you're a liar, you're a liar? Yeah. I mean, there has to be something. <laughs> and also, it was interesting sitting there talking to him. But I think there's people that are just more inclined to perceive of a world beyond what we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And all, which brings us to our next article. And uh, this is actually from the California News Times, but it was actually republished. I found another article also. But five signs that your house is haunted. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I was scrolling through, and the cigar content was a little thin. And with it being Halloween season and kind of heading for that area, I thought this would be a fun thing to talk about because I like talking about it. We sat out here the other night. I guess it's been a month or so ago. Yeah. And talked about ghost stories, you know, the ghosts we had seen in our life and experiences we had had in that. And all, and it was a fun conversation. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's so fun to me to sit around and tell ghost stories that have happened to you versus the ones that we used to tell around the campfire at Boy Scout camp. Yeah, the, yeah, the made-up ones. I, yeah. I, I like the ones that got a little reality into yeah. them, you know, and... So I guess we both, before we get into this, should tell our ghost story. You'll have to pick one of yours. I've only got one. You know, I was at Pinkerton Park um, here in Franklin, Tennessee, up on the side of the hill. And there's an old Confederate battleground up there at the top of the Pinkerton Park hill. And we were there with the band. And I was walking up the side of the hill. And a hill in Tennessee consists of a 150-foot straight drop down to a river. Right. (laughs) For those of you that live in a more flat part of the country, you have to understand, when I say a hill in Tennessee, you might, on an offshoot, say it's a mountain. Right. But there was, I looked over, and there was a woman sitting on a rock crying. And she was in full antebellum dress, had her big dress on, had all that. 
I looked over there and she was sitting there crying and I just glanced at her and then I said, wait, why is she crying about? So I turned around and looked and she's gone. And I have no doubt I saw a ghost that day. Right. No doubt in my mind that at Pinkerton Park on that hill, I saw a ghost. Well, and it's interesting too, because one of the gentlemen we were having that conversation with was talking about his experience and that after speaking to someone who is sort of knowledgeable about ghosts and the paranormal, say that there are certain energies that a ghost is attached to and that if a similar type of energy exists in the realm of reality, that that can be what draws attention to the ghost. And a piece of that story that you didn't mention tonight, but you did the other day, was that you were on a band trip and basically they pulled the buses over and let you kids run around to get some of that energy Yeah, just run wild. So now you've got a whole bunch of kids running around on a battlefield, which I could very see as being a similar type of energy to what happened around the time that... Oh, yeah, and and teenagers are such a whirlwind of emotion and hormones and everything else flying around. Yeah, so it very, very well could have evoked some of that same energy that was present at the time of the Civil War when that was a battlefield. Yeah, and I've walked by that rock 20 times since then. And I can still walk, how profound it was, I can still walk you right up there today and point out that's the rock she was sitting on. Right. And, uh, and you know, either she, if it had been a real person, she'd have had to jump off the cliff into the Harpeth River to have disappeared that quickly, and I would have heard a splash at yeah. very least. <laughs> or at the very least, <laughs> least a, a leg breaking on the way down. Yeah. So what's yours? So mine took place in, I actually have several from uh, San Antonio. San Antonio is one of the most haunted cities in the country. And I was there staying at the hotel right across the street from the Alamo on the Riverwalk. If you're familiar with kind of that downtown area of San Antonio, my room, I was, I was there with my sister, my family, and the room that my sister and I shared, you could see right into the, the Alamo. We were there for three nights, I think. So the first night, we see a light on in that famous window above the main door of the Alamo. Don't really think much of it other than the fact that it's way brighter and it's almost like it's being shown out of, the, uh, of that window. And we had, we had actually toured the Alamo that day, so we didn't really know to be looking for it or anything. And each night, we still see that light just in the top, in the bottom right corner of the, of the window. And it's weird because we were on like the seventh floor or something, so it was, it was at a weird angle. And so we can't figure this out. And so finally on the last day, I'm like, I got to go back to the Alamo. Because I, I'm not convinced this is a security light. That was the only thing we could think of is that obviously it's a historic landmark. They probably have some security lights in there or whatever. So we walk in and I'm, I mean, we walk in and we're not doing the tours or anything. And we're just we're all staring at the ceiling and trying to get the lay of the land. Probably look like we're casing the joint for security cameras. And so one of the security guards or one of the volunteer you know, knowledgeable people walks up and he basically, what the heck are you guys sure. doing? So we explained the story to him. He goes, oh, do you believe in ghosts? I was like, uh, I might be about to. And sure enough, and, and I've since corroborated this story from other people who have seen the same thing. There was a very famous gentleman who sat in that window during the Battle of the Alamo who was shot and, and killed from that perch. And some people have actually seen a more human form. Right. Um, but that's, but that's, we just saw kind of that light ball of energy, not the actual human form. But I'm convinced that's what that was. Oh, yeah. So this, this story, and this is what links it to cigars, there's a distinct smell and you can't find its source. You smell perfume or you smell cigar smoke. Okay, um... I've seen several of these. I generally turn the channel when Travel Channel starts on the ghost story stuff, the ghost hunter stuff. I've never seen them talk about smelling cigar smoke. Yeah. I wonder, <laughs> I, so, I mean, not taking this at face value, but thinking a little bit deeper into it, you know, most of the ghosts that we experience 
are from a much bygone era. You know, very rarely do you see a ghost from the 80s. Sure. You know, they typically tend to be from the 20s and 30s or older at a time when the majority of people smoked, whether it was cigars or cigarettes. But at that time, a lot of the cigarettes were either roll-your-own tobacco or they didn't have a lot of the additives that modern-day cigarettes have. So I could very much see that just in general... The smoke that we associate with cigars now, being pure tobacco smoke, would have been any smoke back in the era when whichever ghost was alive. Sure, I can I can understand that a pipe. Yeah, I think I think I'd like my ghost to smoke a pipe, primarily because I wouldn't want him getting my good cigars out of the humidor. <laughs> I would, I would you, you wake up in the middle of the night one morning, one of your darn Carloses is just floating <laughs> just through the floating room. Floating through the room, it's like, hey. Jacket, <laughs> drop that cigar. My, will, my wife's humidor is over here. Yeah, Come try, get out of this one. Okay, here's the deal, ghosts. You're allowed to pick from the top, bottom two shelves. The top three, I would like you to leave alone. <laughs> At all, but I guess. Meanwhile, I'm, your wife vindicated. It wasn't me smoking your cigars. <laughs> it wasn't me stealing your cigars. The temperature changes abruptly. Uh. So this one, I actually... Now, this doesn't apply to a house, uh, but another experience I had was also in Texas, but it was in Waco. I was driving around with a buddy of mine, and he was telling me where to go. I didn't know where we were, and all of a sudden, it was exactly that. It was an August night in Texas, so it was brutally hot and humid and nasty, and sure enough, it got cold. I mean, it yeah, cold for Texas, so it got, like, spring. Yeah, like 98. Yeah. Um, but I, I have ex- absolutely experienced that. Okay. I get, I, well, we were, we were less than a mile from the Branch Davidian compound. If you talk about the conservation of energy, you got to think that for a, a spectral mass to gather enough energy to actually manifest, that energy has to come from somewhere. Exactly. So to, it's not too far a stretch to think they pull the energy, the heat the energy from the air together to actually manifest. I'm okay. I can go with it. Yeah. There are mysterious noises and all, and they say, say you have a road up problem or a raccoon in the chimney and all, but mysterious noises to me is kind of, you know, I'm excellent at being in the woods and telling you whether it's a deer walking toward me, whether it's a squirrel, whether it's a raccoon, whether it's a human, you know, Dogs, dogs make a very distinctive sound coming through the woods, and all that. So I could, I could see how the distinctive noise thing would work. Yeah, and all. And you regularly feel. I'm not even going to touch the one about your phone batteries going dead. Yeah. You regularly feel a weird sensation on the back of your neck, like someone's watching you. I, I, I don't know how much I believe in this one. I, I, I don't know how much. You know, because most of the stories I know uh, from other people who have had experiences with ghosts or the paranormal, there's very rarely any interaction. Right. So, okay, just because we're coming to the end of the show, I do want to flip over to this other article that I did pull up just for one thing on dummies.com. So if you decide you have a ghost, if you decide, okay, the house of bought's haunted, Contact a qualified paranormal investigator, and here's the... Who are you going to call? Yeah. Here's one of the rules. Your paranormal investigators should not smoke or be drinking during the time they're investigating. I think that's just professionalism. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you wonder who's out there making a living as a paranormal expert that they had to make that qualifier. Jimmy comes in, sets up the infrared cameras, and whips a flask out and takes a big draw off of it. I'm going to kind of think, and probably think less of him. And make all. sure they have a telephone number to make contact with. I was just going to use my medium to contact them through. <laughs> I was assuming the ghost would talk to them. Legitimate investigators will not charge for their services. Hey, there's time involved. I don't. Yeah, no. I, if if someone shows up and says, "Yeah, I'll come check out your ghost," and they don't expect me to pay for them, I'm a, I'm questioning their professionalism again. So I will say it is interesting. One of the actual Tennessee Re- T rules, Tennessee Real Estate Commission rules is you do have to disclose if somebody was killed in the house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think it's like one owner back. Yeah. So if somebody was killed and then somebody else owned the house and you don't have, it doesn't have to go through the rest of history as the murder house. Right. But you do have to disclose it if like the last owner died in that. But 
you don't have to disclose ghosts. You don't, you're not required. If, if the owner says, oh, yeah, we got three or four ghosts roaming around here, I'm not required to disclose that. I probably would. Yeah, I, I can I think mean, I disclosed it, it to your daughter at the house. That's right. <laughs> and she is still, I, I still haven't forgiven you for that. We, yeah, because of the people I know, uh, about 80% would be more likely to buy the house if they knew it had a ghost in it. And I know that the assumption is that it would scare people off, but there are very few people who I know personally who that would scare off. Right. So just interesting, just a little Halloween content for the podcast. And all. I thought that was kind of fun to just talk about. You know, everything don't have to be serious and end of the world. I, I, I love this one that you glossed over. Once you believe you have found an investigator with whom you are comfortable to work, you need to check his qualifications. Or her. Hey, on. Let's not be, you know, it could be. Um, check the qualifications for an investigation. Who are you going to ask? I need you to summon three ghosts who you have either exercised from a place or identified in a place. Uh, can they call me on the phone? How does this work? Can they visit me in the night, preferably not in a creepy way? Yeah. <laughs> for- <laughs> I know exactly where my mind went, and I would never sell that house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyway, all right, well, let's wrap it up. So on the G, La Gloria Cubana, um, it's it's a five. For me, it's about a five. It's just it's a one-note chord. It's not been real exciting. It's not been bad, but it's just not been real exciting for me. Mine... I'm actually going to go just barely sub five. I, I'm not, you know, maybe four and three quarters. It's it's turned bitter on me in the last third. It never really did anything for me. I, it's just it, the draw has gotten tight as I've gotten through it, which normally it opens up the further you get through a cigar. I'm just, I'm not, I, I'm sure there's someone out there that would enjoy this. It's not me. Well, I'll, I'll make notes of your observations on that one, and then I'll smoke the F, and I'll fill out the survey. Yeah. And I'll and watch when the survey results come out, the F will be the one that was the good one. That'll be the one we didn't smoke. Right. I'll see if I can get my hands on those, and, and I'll give you the, the D. Whoa. <laughs> it's not that kind of show. And... Let you that way you get to experience the full gamut, and then because I am interested to taste the other two. All right. Well, how do they get a hold of us? You can reach us at facebook.com/slash cigarcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast, and email info at the cigarcast.com. Well, thank you everybody for listening this week. Until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.